Welcome, welcome to Rise to the Top, a college football betting podcast with your host and number one college football handicapper, Freddie Wills. Hey guys, welcome back to another week of this college football betting podcast. Uh, we'll jump into everything in a moment here, recapping last week, best pick, worst pick, bad beat of the week, and some bets I regret not making. Before we do, just a word from our sponsor. At the end of a hard week, it's great to sit down, take some time off, and watch some football. Game-winning touchdowns on two-minute drives, running backs racing down the sidelines with no one to stop them. There's nothing else like the NFL, and there's no better way to make the games even more exciting than to bet on them. So do the smart thing and go to mybookie.ag. No one gives you more ways to win than they do. MyBookie's got the fastest payouts and better lines than any other sportsbook. Don't forget, where your betting is just as important as your betting on. And mybookie.ag is the best in the business. It's where I play and where you should too. I wouldn't be telling you guys to bet with them if they weren't the best. Do the smart thing. If you're going to bet this football season, bet with my bookie. If you're the kind of guy that likes to bet a little and win a lot, try a parlay. If all your picks come through, you'll multiply your winnings. And no matter how you bet, the NFL season is the best time of year. Join now. My my bookie will double your first deposit. Use promo code WILLS, W-I-L-L-S, to activate the offer. That's promo code WILLS to activate your offer. Visit mybookie.ag today. You play, you win, you get paid. So, yeah, last week was the worst week of the season, uh, going 3-9 and nine in college football. A card that I you know, personally loved, I was so wrong on. Uh, this industry will humble you with all that said. All like I was basically giving out too many plays. I thought on Saturday, um, and the plays that I selected versus some of the leans I had uh, that actually, you know, were winners. Unfortunately, you know, a lot of people will take a look at that and probably, uh, you know, fade me or whatever. I I I welcome it. Uh, that's fine. I I've been here before so many damn times and this is such a small sample size and in all honesty like uh being completely transparent I feel like I've been unlucky very unlucky um uh and, and I you know if you want to jump off someone when they're cold that's the wrong time uh, if you want to jump on a handicapper when they're hot that's the wrong time so uh take it from me um I still think that uh investing in a, a season package is a good way to go I've always been very strong in November and December in college football, probably my best two months. Um, October, I've traditionally struggled over my career um, over 10 years. So I'm I'm not surprised by this, but um, for what it's worth, um, you know, I'm not going to only blame bad luck. I, I do take credit and blame um, for my performance, but the teams that I backed this weekend, uh, I couldn't believe this. I thought something was going wrong because it seemed like every time I turned around, there was a turnover. The teams I backed this weekend were minus 15 in turnover margin combined. Uh, that's just, just tough to swallow as they turn the ball over a combined 24 times. Just just fucking ridiculous. Uh, Sunday, I did rebound with a 3-2 and two against the spread effort in the NFL. Just having a really good NFL season. Should have been 4-1. and one. But we suffered our first loss of the season on our max play of the day as the Chiefs plus five fell late. And I thought that the Chiefs were the right side again. Uh, you know, take away LeSean McCoy's fumble, which led to Packers seven points. 
and taking the lead. And then, you know, Aaron Rodgers' prayer that was caught in the back of the end zone. Uh, I still feel like Aaron Rodgers was trying to throw that ball away. Uh, it was caught for a touchdown. And uh, the Packers, you know, win the game, win by seven. If, 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 uh, and the Chiefs missed the field goal earlier in that game as well, a makeable field goal. Uh, so if we, we take those few things, any one of those three things, if if it didn't happen, the McCoy fumble, uh, the Rodgers prayer touchdown, and, you know, that was on third down. Uh, if that didn't happen, uh, literally, it looked like he was trying to throw the ball away. He's going down. He just kind of threw it up. I don't even think he was looking. And um, his running back uh, came down with it. I mean, they would have kicked the field goal after that. So uh, Packers would have won by four, and we would have covered the spread. Uh, I also thought that Andy Reid should have gone. He, he should have went for it. Fourth and three with five minutes to go from midfield. Uh, the, they never got the ball back either. So uh, I thought he should have went for that at that point of the game. Uh, overall, just a tough luck loss. We still had a profitable NFL Sunday. So we did bounce back for clients, which was good to see. And, you know, look, I, I'm confident. Uh, I do handicap turnover margin and every week. Uh, you know, may, I need to maybe – weigh it a little bit more because honestly, if you win turnover margin, you're going to win the game, cover the spread most times. And um, I need to start, you know, it's been, you know, something that's happened in years past where, you know, I just lose it. I mean, if you're going to bet on more dogs, like I do, you're, you're oftentimes going to lose a turnover margin. So anyways, let's, let's uh, rebound this week and uh, let's move on uh, to some positive thinking here. My best pick Tennessee plus four and a half. They went out right by 20 points. Uh, it was really the only good feeling I had on Saturday. This 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 was a pick I added, and it was clearly the right side. It'd be interesting to see what Tennessee does here this week against UAB. Uh, they were opened up as a 10.5-point favorite. Now they're 12. Uh, definitely lean for Tennessee to continue that. I mean, they really have no reason to have a letdown or a look ahead. I mean, this team is playing much better football. We saw it at Alabama. Uh, we saw it the previous week when they beat Mississippi State. And then, you know, they just dominated South Carolina team, uh, which in my handicap, you know, I, I, I questioned what South Carolina might have had left. Um, the only question here with UAB, who's played one of the worst, weakest schedules in the nation, um, Tennessee has Kentucky next. So are they looking ahead to that game? I don't think they are because, I mean – Look, they're at, sitting at three wins. They need three more wins, uh, and this is one of them that they desperately need. They they got road games at Kentucky, at Missouri, so they really can't look past UAB here at all. Uh, who UAB has covered the spread by over two touchdowns. I think they're the se- second team in the nation. Uh, the next team is. Uh, or the first team is Ohio State, who's been like covering spreads by 17 points or something outrageous. Um, so very interesting to see UAB number four ranked yards per play defense. Uh, their opponent offenses though, 120th. So they've they've faced a very weak schedule. Uh, their opponents minus one yard per play differential. Put that in perspective. Uh, Tennessee. I mean, Tennessee's opponents are plus 0.76 yards per play differential. So uh, I think Tennessee can have some success. And if they want to win this game by two touchdowns, they should be able to do it. Uh, So it actually might be a favorite that makes my card this week. 
My worst pick, uh, let's just start with the, the play of the day. I gave out Michigan State. They didn't show up. Uh, you know, I think they are done. I think this program sucks. I, th- I thought at minimum they would sh- make this a game. I mean, if there was going to be one game they were going to be motivated, it was going to be this game, coming off the bye, getting some guys back healthy. Penn State just had to play Iowa and Michigan, two physical teams. I, I-, I thought that this was a Michigan State spot, but unfortunately everybody else did as well, and that had me worried. Um, you know, even grabbing a five and a half and then the line closed, I think at four, we got good line value. And I even talked about it on the podcast last week when it was six and a half and um, look, they lost the game. They got down early. That was really the killer. Uh, I think I might touch on this game a little bit more later in this podcast. Bad beat of the week, Rice plus nine and a half. Um, I mean, they, they missed a field goal. They fumbled on, on the goal line in this game or, or first and goal, second and goal or something like that, that would have changed this game. They, they lose, uh, they're covering the spread with like 50 seconds left. Southern Miss just needs to kneel the ball or, you know, get the first down and, and fall to the ground or get tackled and the game's over. Uh, it's a dive play. The running back runs 40 yards for a touchdown. We don't cover, uh, (laughs) Uh, that's just kind of how Saturday went. That that was another game that, you know, a bad beat that they should have won. Um, Pitt against Miami was another tough one. I had them in my first leg of the teaser, second leg being Michigan. And, of course, um, with that, a loser had, like, nothing to watch at night because uh, I already knew that was going to be a loser. So, I mean, Pitt outgained Miami. Uh, Pitt just kept settling for field goals. They turned the ball over. Uh, Miami, I think, had like 200 yards in that game. So uh, that one was tough to swallow. Some bets I regret not making. UCLA, I talked about it on the last podcast. I really thought I was going to bet it. uh, But by the time I got to look at the game really far in depth, the line already dropped the three. I I didn't really like them at plus three. I liked them more at plus four and a half, which I mentioned on the podcast. Oklahoma State was another one. Louisville uh, also on my list, and they both won outright as do- underdogs. I, I believe I mentioned all three on on the podcast last week as leans, or or at least said that I liked them. Unfortunately, didn't make my card. Uh, so that that's just how it, how it goes. There are some weeks where you know my leans that don't make the card are actually losers. I talked about that on on, on last podcast. It just seems like this week was was the opposite. So some misleading finals to get to to talk about. Uh, so Houston outgained Southern Methodist University 510 to 385, but lost by three. Houston did cover the spread. It, it was my first play of the week that I released. So a nice winner to start the week, you know, which is a huge game for recruiting. I mentioned my handicap and, and it was the one and only game that I think Houston cared about the rest of the way. They were plus one yards per play in this game, holding SMU to 5.2 yards per play, one and a half yards under what they had been giving up all year. Houston, a 23-point dog at Central Florida, I, I think is totally justified. Let me see if that, that has actually moved, because that, now I think at this point, Houston has nothing to play for. Uh, if that gets – and it, it went up to 23, now it's back down to 22. If that got under 21, I probably would play Central Florida there because I do think it's justified. I don't know if Houston has anything left. Central Florida has proven that they are that team that will run the score up as well. Uh, if they have the opportunity. Meanwhile, SMU now in the dog role at Memphis where game day will be in, in the line is, is up to six. They're six point dogs now after opening up at three and a half point dogs. So Memphis is getting hit pretty hard. 
Uh, very interesting because uh, Memphis is ranked lower in the AP poll, number 24, uh, against uh, SMU, the number 15 team. So, you know, expect uh, SMU to be a very popular. Uh, as of right now, though, they're only getting 38%. Uh, I thought SMU being ranked higher would get more of the ticket count um, being the dog. Uh, and they're getting 50% of the tickets and just 25% of the money. Uh, so it's it's not like a public dog play. Uh, public is is going towards Memphis. So um, I don't know that if I, I agree with that just because – and I'll talk about this later. But uh, Memphis has been in some misleading finals games. And, um, look, they have been unable to blow teams out really. So uh, SMU, always good for a backdoor cover as well with that passing game. So definitely not leaning towards Memphis there. Uh, it's probably going to be a pass for me. Uh, so Pitt, I, I told you I would talk about this. Uh, they had five more first downs. They were plus 114 yards in the game. Uh, could not get the ball in the end zone, settling for four field goals instead of any touchdowns. Uh, they actually almost punched one in late, um, and then it got reviewed and uh, – they ended up going for the field goal instead of the touchdown because uh, the field goal gave them the lead. Uh, I thought they should have went for the touchdown because then Miami who could do nothing on offense would have been stuck down there uh, on the one yard line and Pitt would have gotten the ball back again, like right away in great field position, but they, you know, they didn't, they they kicked the field goal. Uh, we had Pitt. Actually, I think there was like a five yard penalty that that took that decision away. Maybe if I remember correctly, uh, but uh, having Pitt in the teaser really hurt. Um, Pitt also had three turnovers in the game as well as seven penalties. So you, ha- you have to give credit to Miami, who made a fourth-quarter switch at quarterback. Uh, back to freshman Jaron Williams was criticized by the broadcast team. They easily went down the field and scored. Jaron Williams really seems far better than Perry. be interesting to see what Miami does from here because that division, the Coastal Division, is wide open. Miami – Already getting bet down at Florida State this week. Four and a half point dog down to three and a half. I uh, don't know if I agree with that, but um, yeah, I'd be interested interested to see how that game plays out this week. Oklahoma outgained Kansas by 71 yards, but they lose the game. Uh, 23 point favorites against Kansas State, who's able to run all over Oklahoma in this game. Every time I looked away, the the quarterback was running for a touchdown. Oklahoma could not stop them at all on the ground, while Kansas State got off the field several times. Wake up call for Oklahoma, and Jalen Hurts did not look great as he. And I think they're relying too much on Jalen Hurts. This offensive line from Oklahoma, yeah, obviously not as good as last year, and uh, Jalen Hurts made several questionable decisions down the stretch of the game. He got actually lucky a couple times, throwing across his body, uh, just throwing the ball up uh, to his receivers, trying to see if they would make the play. Uh, Oklahoma, I will say this, Oklahoma got their usual nine yards per play in this game to Kansas State's 5.8. So uh, they dominated the game in that regards. Uh, Oklahoma on a bye this week, and then they have an interesting game against Iowa State on the road next week. Very interesting to see what happens. I I, I kind of think Oklahoma gets picked off again here this season, whether it's Baylor or Iowa State or Texas if they meet in the Big 12 championship game. So Kansas State, meanwhile, off you know, are arguably their, their biggest win in recent years and uh, for their new head coach, Chris Kleiman, very, very big win. Uh, Six-and-a-half point favorite this week against rival Kansas. 
heavy lean on Kansas. In my opinion, I think Kansas could win this game outright. Um, Kansas is the home team. Kansas proved now uh, that they can run the ball and pass the ball. So balanced offense. I mean, they're top 30 offense right now. Who who could believe that Kansas would be a top 30 offense right now um, as they rank in the top 30 in yards for play? So I, I have to – I question Kansas State, who, you know, obviously has some nice wins against Oklahoma and Mississippi State, uh, but both a little bit misleading. Uh, so uh, I wonder how Kansas State's going to handle coming off that game. And and Kansas State very misleading in their win over TCU. Uh, TCU dominated. In fact, that was that was a big reason why I think many people were all over TCU this past week against Texas. I, I again, uh, one other thing I like to touch on is Oklahoma only ran the ball 26 times in this game, and 19 of those carries from Jalen Hurts. Uh, you know, I really I, I hate to question Lincoln Riley. I mean, he's been an offensive genius, but I don't really understand the game plan there. Um, it doesn't really make sense. Uh, so the defense really struggled for Oklahoma here. Looked kind of like last year's. Illinois beat Purdue due to a couple of turnovers and horrible conditions. Uh, my algorithms actually lead heavily on Illinois in that game, but I, I couldn't pull the trigger. I thought it was a horrible situation for Illinois against the Purdue team starting to play better. Uh, Purdue getting their star uh, wide receiver back in this game. Uh, Purdue got 63% of the money, and Illinois won 24-6 for a third straight week. Illinois is part of the misleading final report. Uh, they were minus three first downs and plus two turnovers in this game, and they were outgained by a yard in this game, yard per play. So uh, Illinois, a 20.5-point favorite against Rutgers this week. Don't really think that they should be a 20.5-point uh, favorite against anyone. Purdue, a three-point home dog against Nebraska that could be getting their quarterback back. No strong leans on either two. Iowa State lost as a double-digit home favorite to Oklahoma State, but they did have 16 more first downs in this game. Oklahoma State did have uh, plus one and a half yards per play differential in this game, and they capitalized on three interceptions, one thrown in the fourth quarter that gave Oklahoma State 34-27 to victory. Brock Purdy had, in my opinion, he had an off game, and uh, Oklahoma State's offense showed up and took care of the ball, which is the reason they won this game. This was the exact reason I didn't want to back Oklahoma State. They were strong lean. Uh, I was not sure that they could take care of the ball, uh, but they did in this game as Spencer Sanders had a great game, as did Chubba Howard. Uh, so tough loss for the Cyclones, who are now on a bye and will host Oklahoma and Texas in back-to-back weeks. Uh, very interesting games in back-to-back weeks. Uh, we'll see if Iowa State is up up for it, uh, but very tough loss for them. Oklahoma State opened as a four-point favorite hosting TCU off a huge win against Texas. Uh, TCU seemed to be the early sharp side with spread dropping to three points now. I probably won't get involved. I'm still holding a TCU season win total over seven and a half, which you know obviously is still possible with the upset of Texas. Uh, they've TCU's better than the record indicates, and obviously we saw that against Texas last week. Uh, I do think that they maybe got a little lucky with Sam Ellinger throwing four interception, very uncharacteristic of Sam Ellinger. Uh, and you know, obviously I am a little biased. I'll be honest. Uh, I did back Texas this past week, and I, I even mentioned in my handicap that I thought it was like the squarest play of the week. And listen, Texas was leading. Sam Ellinger was doing his thing, and then. Uh, 
they started making mistakes, and Texas's defense got burned on a couple. Pe- Once TCU started throwing the ball and proved they could throw the ball, and then they were going back to the run, they had a very balanced attack that I knew they were in trouble because Texas couldn't get off the field and get a stop. And then Sam Ellinger just you could you could tell that he just felt like he had to go blow for blow, and he had to make all these big plays. And I thought he kind of forced a couple things that he normally wouldn't. So, you know, moving forward, Texas, I'm uh, still high on them. I know everybody is not. Uh, I think they will bounce back, and, and the bye week is going to do them very well here. Uh, so definitely looking at Texas in the future. Nebraska outgained Indiana. Uh, they were plus .7 yards per play differential, but they lose the game by a touchdown at home due to two costly turnovers and a missed fourth down. Indiana went two for two on fourth down. Listen, if you can predict who will win the turnover battle and who can convert on fourth downs, you can pretty much predict the winner of these games against the spread. Uh, it was, you know, it was good to see Nebraska had a balanced attack in this game. Over 500 yards, 220 yards rushing, 294 yards passing against a solid defense in Indiana, currently ranked in the top 40. Uh, Nebraska playing with their backup quarterback again. You know, I think Nebraska is a bet on team down the stretch. Two issues have plagued them this year. They are getting just 50% red zone touchdowns, and they are outside the top 75 in explosive offense. Last year, they were 27th in explosive offense. So this year, they're like 77th. Uh, Nebraska does visit Purdue this week, as we mentioned. I don't have a lean in that game, as Purdue's very good in red, uh, red zone defense. A couple more here. And, you know, again, I'm a little biased. I, I typically have more misleading finals than maybe other podcasts or other people that write up articles on this. You know, Penn State, you know, I get they dominated Michigan State on the scoreboard. But, again, Penn State has not looked great offensively. Just 302 yards in this game. They benefited from getting up early, obviously. And then they were plus three turnovers. Big reason why they won this game, uh, along with Michigan State's inability to do anything creatively on offense. Uh, getting behind early really made them one-dimensional. Uh, Penn State here gets a bye, then they travel to play Minnesota next week. And will be a very interesting game. I, I, both teams are going to be undefeated, both teams off a of bye. Minnesota is going to be a six-and-a-half-point home dog in a prove-it-to-me game. Everyone's going to be talking about Minnesota hasn't played anyone, um, and, and everyone's going to be saying Penn State's been disrespected. But, uh, uh, geez, I don't know what way I'm going in that game. I don't know if I can go back to the well fading Penn State because it's burned me twice this season already uh, against Iowa, which let's let's be honest, Iowa should have covered that game. Uh, that was a very tough beat. And then, uh, you know, Michigan State just didn't show up. Uh, I think that program's done. Uh, I think uh, D'Antonio should just – he should just retire at this point. But um, – very sad to see how that team is turning around and, and with all the lawsuits out there a couple of years ago, I, I feel like ever since then, this team hasn't been the same. This program hasn't been the same. Uh, very sad to see because it, it, it was one of my favorite teams to root for and, and bet on. Moving on here, uh, Buffalo outgained Central Michigan, 143 to 20, but they only outgained them by 31 yards. So the 23 point final, uh, I think is misleading. They were they were actually minus point two yards per play, so uh, this game was closer than the final indicated. I you know I leaned Buffalo, uh, but didn't look at the game after I saw all the injuries on both sides. It was really hard to handicap a game, uh, especially with with uh, no official way to to find out if players are uh, going to play or not play. And and uh, 
with all the injuries, uh, group of five teams, it's, it's kind of hard to uh, know what the, the next guy up is going to be able to do. I should have known, though, at least Buffalo is, is very solid in the trenches, and they dominated the game on the ground. So, um, yeah, I still think that they are a back team if you can get them as a dog in the same game where, the, you know, where the running game is going to be the reason a team wins or loses. If both teams rely on the running game um, and Buffalo's an underdog, I think that they're worth a, worth, worth a shot. Uh, this week they, they're playing with a backup quarterback again, and they'll go on the road to face Eastern Michigan. I don't know if I want to back this quarterback or this team on the road. I think they're more of a team to play at home. I haven't really talked about it, but uh, again, for some of you guys out there that are new listeners, uh, I get a ton of new listeners every week. do appreciate it, uh, so make sure you guys subscribe to Freddie's Premium Sports Picks Newsletter. Free at FreddieWills.com. Again, tough, tough back-to-back weeks uh, with losers. Uh, we gave Texas out as the premium newsletter play, and you know, look, look, it was a square play that lost, and so I'm, I'm sure a lot of people are, are, you know, what the hell was Freddie thinking? Read the analysis, read my, my, all my picks and analysis, and I think you'd feel better about it. Um, I, you know, who in their right mind could predict that Sam Ellinger was going to turn the ball over four times, uh, setting TCU up in great field position many times. And really that was the difference of the game. Otherwise I thought, uh, Texas would have won the game if you play that game over again. Uh, but, uh, you know, I am biased obviously since I bet it. So, but, um, uh, last two seasons, you know, we got to a point in the season in the premium newsletter where we were like 500. And then when we went on, a strong uh, role run to end the season. So uh, check it out. If you go to freddywills.com in where you put your email in to subscribe right under there, you can track the newsletter. Uh, and I actually always provide the uh, link to track the newsletter in the newsletter. So if you're a new subscriber, when you get the email this week, you can click that link and look back at my past results and uh, kind of see where the runs are too. So, I mean, if you want to unsubscribe now because I'm four and four on the season, go ahead. Uh, but I guarantee you that's the wrong time to unsubscribe is, is when I've lost two weeks in a row. Last misleading final Tulsa plus two turnovers, plus 12 first downs, plus 86 yards, but they lose to Memphis by one point after missing a short field goal to end the game. Now I have to question what they have left at this point. And they have another tough opponent this week in Tulane where they'll be a double-digit dog yet again. Uh, I did have Tulsa as a lean last week. Uh, I don't, I can't recall off the top of my head why I didn't play it, uh, especially with Memphis with the look-ahead game against SMU, with rumors that it was going to be the ABC game, and it is. Um, Tulsa in this game, I will say, with those three stats that I mentioned that were misleading. I will say Tulsa did get outgained in this game from a yards per play perspective, 2.8 yards, which is a huge differential. Uh, I, I I think that uh, obviously that that is the most glaring thing come out of this game. So uh, Memphis, obviously the better team. Uh, I don't think I could back them this week though uh, against SMU, which we touched on a little bit earlier in this podcast. Uh, I I just don't know if I agree with the line move. And uh, if you're going to back Memphis, should have backed them when they were at three and a half. I can't, I can't, you know, chase that steam. You're just not getting line value. And as I mentioned, SMU wide open for the backdoor uh, cover. Uh, Memphis also played many misleading finals against top teams in the American athletic, including Temple Navy and Tulsa. 
so SMU is probably better than all three of those teams. So um, for what it's worth, uh, probably going to be passing that game, but uh, definitely lean, small, small, small lean towards SMU. Some other games uh, worth noting, Clemson. Uh, you know, I just have to bring it up, and I'm kicking myself because it seems like they are obviously hearing all the doubters out there, and they've gone out there to make a statement. I mentioned this in the podcast right after they almost lost to North Carolina. Uh, I mentioned that the same thing happened last year. Uh, after nearly losing to Syracuse, they went on a run winning games by 60 points, 34 points, 49 points, 61 points. They're doing the same thing this year. Uh, since North Carolina, they've won by 31, 35, 52, and they really haven't even played well. This week, they're a 47.5-point favorite this week, and I think is going to leave uh, Trevor Lawrence out there because, look, he needs the reps. He has not played well this year. NC State on deck, a team that's not very good. You know, you know, I think Clemson roll again this week. I, I don't know if I'm, I'm that tempted to play them, but I probably should just blindly play play them. Uh they have dominated FCS foes uh the last three years winning forty eight to seven, sixty to three, fifty nine to nothing. I think they have a ton to prove. And uh this part of the season when they play an FCS foe, they tend to uh not worry about blowing them out and covering the spread. Uh, I definitely want to read more on this, but uh and, and the line isn't even actually out at most books. Uh it is at one of my books five times. So uh forty seven and a half is the line right now. Another team I'm kicking myself for not betting was Colorado State. I got spooked because their quarterback was out, and you never know how bad the backup is going to be. But, you know, he played well, through for 322 yards, two touchdowns, one interception. Uh, Colorado State plus 14.5, one by 10 at Fresno State. You know, I'll continue to look to fade Fresno State, who, again, my reasoning, they won 20 games against the spread the last two seasons. And, uh, that's only happened like six times. I mentioned it on this podcast several times. That's only happened six times with a team winning 19 or more games against the spread the last 10 years. In that third year, those teams are under 40% against the spread. So uh, the idea obviously is that uh, you know the market's caught up to them and there, there's really not a lot of value. You're going to be paying an inflated price. And, and part of that is, especially with a group of five team, is – the talent is gone. The, those guys that were covering big spreads, it's hard to just get talent back. Uh, this isn't Alabama. So, uh, you know, they're working through some things. I'm sure Fresno State will be fine next year. Uh, they play at Hawaii this week, one-point dog. Uh, so, obviously, the, the, the market's caught up on them a little bit. But, I, you know, I lean towards Hawaii again this week here. USC barely got out of Colorado with a win after trailing by 10, entering the fourth quarter as a double-digit favorite. Uh, you know, they were able to outscore Colorado 14 to nothing in the fourth to get the game. Uh, one could argue it, it was a look-ahead game to Oregon this week where, you know, they'll host the Ducks as a five-point dog. I think this line is off, personally. I, I lean with Oregon. First of all, Oregon was a three-and-a-half-point favorite at Washington. USC was a 12-and-a-half-point 12, 12 dog at Washington, which is telling you on a neutral field, Oregon should be a 16-point favorite or 13-point road favorite on the road. I think there, there's value on Oregon this week. Quite, question is, can they handle the pressure? And uh, look, Oregon nearly just lost to Washington State at home as a two-touchdown favorite. I'm not going to overreact, but Washington State, a unique team that Oregon has had issues with in the past, 
Uh, the only thing that worries me about USC games is that USC runs some of the same concepts in their offense as Washington State, as offensive coordinator Graham Harrell has come from the Mike Leach system. Worth noting is that they did pick off Anthony Gordon twice, which is it's hard to do, um, even given the amount of times he throws it. They, they, these quarterbacks for uh, Mike Leach typically don't throw interceptions, so the fact that they did, it, it leads me to believe that they might have uh, figured something out. I'll probably pass, uh, to be honest. Uh, I, I also don't think Clay Helton as a dog is a very good trend. I, I do lean towards Oregon. It may make my card, depending on what the line does this week. Uh, I've already he- been hearing a lot of people taking USC after opening at six and a half. Uh, there were some sevens out there. Uh, and and it, now it's, last I saw it was five. Uh, but I, I do believe it's down to four and a half now. I think I do think that um, USC might get some, might be the public dog of the week. And uh, if I can get Oregon under four or at four, it might might be a uh, play for me. Last team we're going to talk about, uh, I guess you guys will love this, Northwestern. <laughs> Did give out Northwestern this past week. Uh, they cannot get a score against uh, – Iowa turned the ball over early, put them in a deficit. Uh, There was like six purple jerseys or purple pads, whatever. I can't even remember if they had white jerseys on or what. Uh, Early in the game, Iowa threw a pass to like the Northwestern 30-yard line. There was like six. They they spun the receiver around, and then he runs for a touchdown. I mean, if that fucking play didn't happen, I'm pretty sure Northwestern would have covered the spread. if you just go back and find that, if you were watching that game, I know you'll agree with me because that, that shit was just crazy how he spun out of there and like literally six jersey, just the way he got spun was just away from everybody. It was just like a weird, odd play. I'll try to find the clip and tweet it out this week. Uh, you know, very tough. Northwestern went over four and fourth down. Uh, they did have more first downs in this game, if you can believe it. Their offense can at least if if their offense can at least pick up a few first downs, I, I think they would be in some games. I think their defense is really good. Northwestern has faced an averaged yard per play defense ranking thirty ninth this year. So they've they've played a lot of tough defenses and that's making their offense look a lot worse. You know, this week it doesn't get any easier facing Indiana, who's ranked forty sixth in yards per play defense. So uh, I mean, yeah, maybe it's a bit of a break, but I, I'm not. I'm kind of hoping Northwestern gets shut out again so we can back them later. But um, I mean, look, this team plays hard. Pat Fitzgerald said it. He feels bad for these kids because they play hard. They want to win, um, and that's typically the team that I want to back. And this is an inflated spread at Indiana. I, I don't know that Indiana's that great. Um, I mean. Northwestern can't lose this game. They lose this game, they don't go to a bowl. Uh, looking at their schedule, they very well could win out uh, if they get this game against Indiana. Uh, man, I don't know if I could play it, though, after what just happened. Uh, Indiana goes on the road to play Penn State next uh, in two weeks, so they're going to a bye after this. They could be looking, for, like, looking past Northwestern. Uh, I have to look at the series history. Uh, let me just look last year real quick. Uh, man, can I go back to the well with Northwestern? I, I don't know that I can. 
Uh, nor did they not play? Oh, here it is. No, they didn't play. They didn't play last year. And they didn't play the year before. They played in 2016. Northwestern won by 10 at home. So I I don't know. Might <laughs> I definitely think there's value in Northwestern money line. I think they're just going to win one of these games they're not supposed to. So if anything, I might just play them on the money line here. I think that's the most value. Unless unless a 14 happens, which I just I just can't see. Um, cause the spread every time he gets to 12 is going back down to 11 and a half. So, uh, definitely interested to see what happens with that line this week might be holding a Northwestern money line ticket. Oh, I can't believe that, but I might, I might have to anyways. Thanks for listening to today's podcast, everyone. Good luck this week. Thank you for listening to another episode of the Freddie Wills college football betting podcast. If you are still listening to this podcast, you are really into college football betting. And if you are really into college football betting, you should consider following my premium plays, especially my play of the days, which have hit roughly 60% against the spread over my 10-year career. If you aren't into paying for picks, that's totally fine. There are many reasons why I wouldn't even want you to, especially if you don't have the bankroll. In that case, you may want to consider visiting sportsbetcapping.com for free picks from over 70 handicapping experts. That's sportsbetcapping.com for access to free picks on all major sports. Thanks again for listening to this podcast. And as a reminder, please leave five-star reviews on iTunes and take advantage of my premium pick newsletter absolutely free at freddywills.com.